I really appreciated the ministry of Grant Jeffrey. I know it continues in his books and tapes and the like, even though he is now home with the Lord. When I had a conversation with him uh, some time back, he talked about Moses Maimonides, the most esteemed rabbi in the history of Judaism. Well, there is a book that Maimonides wrote that for a time was literally sanctioned, and Grant references this because Maimonides talked about Jesus Christ. The greatest Jewish rabbi of the last many thousand years is Moses Maimonides. He lived around 1200 A.D., and he eventually went to Palestine and died and is buried in Tiberias. This great rabbi codified Jewish law. He lived in Spain for a time and then went down to Yemen, but died in Palestine. And his Mishnah Torah is a compilation of the Jewish law derived from the Old Testament, the Tanakh, and then Jewish commentary in the Talmud. And he is considered the greatest Jewish authority. Well, when he died around 1200 A.D., he had original manuscripts of his Mishnah Torah that were in and with the people, the Jews of Yemen, where he had taught. They contained information about Jesus of Nazareth that the rest of the Mishnah Torah copies back in Europe, in Italian, in Latin, in other languages, never contained this material. They contained blank passages where material that Mamonides had written about Jesus was excised. And they even stayed in the text, in the footnotes, material about Jesus of Nazareth has been censored. Well, back 15 years ago, some Jews from Yemen brought back with them the original Mishnah Torah, which contained the material about Jesus. Now, in North America, it's very, very hard to get a hold of this new translation and that contains the censored material that was re-put back in. But I, in Israel, in Jerusalem, found an Orthodox Jewish bookstore that I was able to obtain this new copy that clearly states, even on the cover, that it contains the censored material about Jesus. Well, here we find that in 1200 A.D., Maimonides, as the greatest Jewish rabbi of thousands of years, acknowledges that Jesus of Nazareth was sent by God, that he was somewhat fulfilling a prophecy, and that he came from the right, uh, by, uh, the line from uh, the son of David and from Judah. He acknowledges that it was the time, but he says that he wasn't the fulfillment of the Messiah Redeemer because he was cut off and died. What he is saying is he fulfilled some of the prophecies in his first coming, but he didn't fulfill building the temple again and bringing back the exiles. He, what he is doing is he's struggling in 1200 A.D. with the problem that Isaiah, for example, clearly speaks of a contradiction about the Messiah. In the one hand, in Isaiah 52 and 53, the Messiah is going to suffer and be tried. He's going to be tortured, and he's going to be killed. But Isaiah 10 says that of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. This Messiah is going to live forever. And not unusually, Maimonides came up with a theory that there would be two Messiahs, one that would suffer and die, and a second one that would live forever, trying to see in advance, uh, not understanding that Jesus had already 
fulfilled, and it was Jesus who was going to come back and fulfill the second set of prophecies. He imagined that there were two messiahs. But in this Mishnah Torah, he talks about Jesus, and he talks about him as being sent by God, but that he didn't fulfill the final prophecies. Well, this caused a revolution in the Orthodox Judaism, because if you go back 20 years, John, you'll find that many intelligent Jewish rabbis would deny the historicity of Jesus at all 20 years ago. They thought that he might have been an obscure rabbi. Um, they thought there, there might be someone of that name, but they did not believe that uh, almost any of the New Testament was true. They thought it was all made up. That's no longer so. There's a sea change that has taken place in Orthodox Judaism regarding Jesus. Now, I'm not pretending that most of them accept him as the Messiah, but the acknowledgement that there's a mystery here and that he did live and that he was crucified, because Maimonides says he was crucified. And uh, it's very clear that uh, Maimonides, as the greatest Jewish authority, establishes for Orthodox Jews the absolute truth that Jesus did live, and he did make claims, and he did miracles, and all of these things, well, that changes everything. And so it, the rediscovery of these ancient manuscripts from 800 years ago, where Maimonides talks historically and theologically about Jesus, he even uses the same word as Paul. He says, why is Christianity such a stumbling block? To the Jews. He actually uses the same word that Paul uses. It's absolutely fascinating. Now make sure you get this. The most esteemed rabbi in all of Judaism, over the history of Judaism, the most esteemed rabbi had to deal with the person of Jesus Christ. And he made statements that indicated that Jesus Christ could be one of two messiahs. Now this is something that, again, was for a time, it was sanctioned. Uh, you couldn't find those chapters in that particular book. That's rather amazing, isn't it? And there is, I think, a growing openness to the person of Jesus Christ in terms of modern-day Jews. And that's why I encourage you to go to the website imetmessiah.org. IMetMessiah.org, where you have testimonies, wonderful testimonies given by those of a Jewish background who have come to know Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, Grant was also a great historian, and so he had an in-depth understanding of the significance of the regathering of the Jewish people to the Holy Land, the land of the Bible, back in 19. 1948, the first and most amazing of the prophecies was the rebirth of the nation Israel. Uh, to put this in context, John, no other ancient nation has ever lost its homeland and recovered it centuries later, let alone thousands of years later, such as Israel has. It just has never happened in history. But even more amazing than the dozens of prophecies that Jesus and others made that Israel would be reborn is the restoration of the language of Hebrew. Zephaniah 3, 9 said that God would restore unto his people a pure language, that they might call upon him with one consent. Again, in all of history, no nation has ever lost its, its language for centuries, let alone thousands of years, and ever recovered it again. Yet a man by the name of Eleazar ben Yehuda 
felt God inspiring him to recreate the Hebrew language. Uh, even in the days of Jesus, Hebrew was not used outside uh, the synagogue or the temple. It was considered the holy language. And when the Jews came back from Babylon, most of them had lost Hebrew. They, they now spoke a Chaldean uh, dialect. And uh, that continued, and then they, of course, adopted uh, the Greek language, and then, uh, to some degree, the Latin language when dealing with Rome. But Hebrew was lost outside religious studies. And for 2,000 years that remained true. But this man uh, took biblical Hebrew and created uh, biblical rules of grammar and developed new words and vocabulary for a fountain pen and machine gun and other modern equipment. And he created a 14-volume uh, dictionary. He got his own family to speak Hebrew in the home, the first family to speak Hebrew in the family, in the home, in thousands of years. And now... Uh, as every Jew comes to Israel, they're en enrolled uh, in the army and w in language classes, and they are taught Hebrew, which becomes the great unifier of these Jews coming in from over 70 nations. Here this prophecy is fulfilled, the restoration of the incredible fertility, the land of milk and honey that a hundred years ago Israel was a barren wasteland. It was so barren that the Turkish landlords uh, had no interest in it. Uh, they never came to visit. There were no trees in the land. Mark Twain in 1858 uh, took a visit to Jerusalem and traveled up to Galilee. And he said in the 40-mile trip he saw one human being at a distance and he thought he saw one small tree in 40 miles. And malaria-filled swamps. But the Jews responding to the a call of God began to come back from Russia, from Europe, from other nations. And as they came back, they became farmers, and they planted and drained the, the swamps from the malaria in, uh, insects and mosquitoes. And finally, they created what the United Nations now calls the most agriculturally efficient nation on the planet. Israel has developed, just as prophecy said, uh, tremendous treasures of minerals from the Dead Sea. Uh, it's now estimated that the mineral content of the Dead Sea, which, by the way, uh, while it's only a dozen feet uh, deep at the southern end, at the northern end it's about 1,200 feet deep. And when you go down, although on the surface uh, it's so salty that you can float and can't, you can read a newspaper, you can't sink, yet going down 200 feet, it's like a slushy. It is so thick with mineral salts, they've now estimated that the value of the chemical salts to Israel in the Dead Sea is greater than the whole gross national product of the United States of America for a whole year. We're talking about trillions. Every car engine in the world has magnesium that comes from the Dead Sea, the purest magnesium oxide uh, in the whole world. These prophecies, fulfilled since 1948, are astonishing because no other nation has had a fraction of them. And I'm 38 of these prophecies that have either been totally fulfilled or are in the process of being fulfilled right now. And so much has happened since my conversation with Grant Jeffrey. In fact, it's as if almost on a daily basis there is something that is highly significant, or at least potentially significant, when it comes to what the Bible predicts about the future. Are you able to take what the Word of God says, have an understanding of what it predicts about the future, and then look at our world and see how the two are coming together? Well, we'd like to help you. 
And the way we could do that is that you simply sign up for our weekly email where we generally just give a brief prophecy overview, a prophecy update, where we look at current events in light of Bible prophecy. We do our best to be obviously solidly biblical, anchored to truth, and and of course what we'd also like to do is do it in a concise way. In order to sign up, all you need to do is go to the website, livetheword.org. You'll see a sign up there on the front page. And while you're there, you can also subscribe to our podcast. If you have missed a given program and you think, man, I, I wanted to catch the conclusion of that, uh, then you can simply uh, subscribe to the podcast. You'll get a link. And then at your convenience, you can listen online or you can actually download a program and all this at no cost to you. If you could pray for us and partner with us, it would be much appreciated. Has the ministry of Live the Word helped you in your walk with Jesus Christ? We trust that this is the case, and we would like to continue our broadcast over this station. For us to do so, we need your financial partnership. You can support the broadcast online at livetheword.org, or you can send your gift to Live the Word, Box 1729, Capel, Texas 75019. That web address again is livetheword.org. On behalf of Pastor John, we thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry.